Hello and welcome to episode four of How Not, the brand new podcast hosted by me, Luca Manning. And me, Kim McCarry. We are two gobby Scottish creatives that like to talk about the big stuff and we thought you might just like to listen. So here we are. Our podcast is here to remind you to always be good troublemakers, think big and ask how not. Hello, Kim. How long will the podcast be brand new? I I thought about this today. (laughs) I thought about it today. And I like the fact that it's still brand new. Uh, Every episode's brand new. Um, Exactly. And I thought... Sorry, that was me. Is that a gig? My my phone on Do Not Disturb. Um, Yeah, I think it should be brand new for the whole of this season. Okay. Right? Let's milk it. Let's just fucking milk it. We're brand still brand new. new. Look at us. We're fresh faced. Goodness me. Brand we're new. bright eyed. Yeah. We've not been jaded by the industry yet. Nope. We've had no scandals. Nope. No that, skeletons have that, fallen out of the closet exactly. yet. Exactly. I mean, they're stacked up pretty high, but they're they're not falling out quite yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, What's been going on? Went to Wales. How was that? It was lovely. Um, I must say, actually, um, Kim is like, the workhorse of this podcast behind the scenes and I'm a bit more shit um, (laughs) to be honest but um, as she was in Wales quite rightfully enjoying uh, a nice relaxing break much well deserved I had to upload the podcast at last minute and I realised I'd actually not done that yet and Kim was in what looked like a jacuzzi or a hot tub um, sipping some some bubbly in the sun and I was (laughs) frantically trying to figure out how to actually do all the jobs that you do um, because I do nothing so that was a good learning experience for both of us I think so we'll see if that episode because normally it's kind of the other way around isn't it I'd definitely be in the hot tub (laughs) Yeah, we just sw- swapped for like one episode. Yeah, well, I don't have any sense of geography, so I booked it being like Wales, over there. Right. London, fairly close. Right. No. This no. was like probably closer to my parents' house than oh, it was to London, so it's a long drive. Uh, but it was great, and the weather was good, and there was a hot tub in the garden. I noticed that you've not actually told us where where you went yet. Is that because you struggled to pronounce? Absolutely. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. It was on the Lynn Peninsula. Right. I'm going to pretend that I know what that is. I, the translation is Old Smithy. Mm. Mm. How quaint. Yeah, and the beaches were great and the weather was good. And uh, I just, it feels like a very long time ago, but I feel refreshed. Good for you. How about you? How's how's your week been? Um, It's been really fun, actually. Well, I've been quite busy. Um trying to actually do my degree mm-hmm. that I signed up for yeah. at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama, or is it the Guildhall School of Mucus and Trauma? Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I went to sit down DJ night on Thursday night, which was quite fun. Oh. Um, Jodie Harsh. Amazing. At Night Tales in Hackney. Very, very trendy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was. it just felt like a night out. Again, you know, it was like I got dressed up and we got on a bus to go somewhere new and paid extortionate amounts for alcohol. Like that just hadn't happened in a long time. So that was really fun. And yeah, but I do think it's been quite a week actually. I was going to talk about some things that just popped into my head as I was walking here. Um, Serious time. But well, first of all, I think quite a crazy week in terms of the George Floyd trial. Yeah. And just wanted to say... Oh my god, my phone's still going and I've put it on 
I think you've put it on disturb mode. Disturb? Mm, that's what you've put it on. What? You've put it on please disturb me mode. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the little moon thing on. You know, the moon, do not disturb on, yet it still hassles me. Can everybody that's texting me right now at this present <laughs> moment please fuck off because I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> I'll hold my phone like an executive. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, the George Floyd trial and obviously the right thing happened. Yes. But I think it's important to recognise that justice would have been George Floyd alive. Right. Right? This was accountability. And I'm worried that people use this to prop up a system that's broken, you know? Like, look, yeah. we can rely on the judicial system, and yeah. the, but no, we can't. It, we still need to yeah, talk a big about fuss. abolition and, and ways in which we can actually um, fix the, the problems. Definitely. Because if, if this trial hadn't, or the, the whole thing hadn't been played out in the media, they would have gently and quietly been found not guilty. 100%. Uh, so in a, in a way, it's good because it shows that you if you you've got to rattle the counter and you've got it to shout shows, loud. Going back to episode one, the fucking right to protest yeah. how important it is. Exactly, like, it would not have happened without that mass movement of people. Yeah, but you're right. It's it's one instance of accountability in a in a system that's completely fucked. Yeah, yeah, and the other um, kind of bit of dog shit that I want to drag through our lovely living room is that the LGB alliance have been yeah, what's that granted about? charitable status. What is that about? And, like, the LGB alliance I, aren't even people that I even want to talk about, right, or, like, give time to, but, you know, the LGB... So the Lesbian, Gay and Bisexual Alliance are a trans-exclusionary organisation who just kind of add to the cacophony of anti-trans ideology here yep. in the UK. And it's really fucking shit because these people would not have their rights that they enjoy without trans people full stop trans people were at the forefront of the stonewall movement the forefront of the gay liberation front and the forefront of any sense center of activism around queerness throughout the world really Mm -hmm. and throughout the history of time so these fucking people who have taken it upon themselves to be just actively exclusionary of trans people and try and you know, like create all these um, bullshit, bullshit ideologies and and fund them and support them and advertise them have now been granted charitable status, yeah. which is just, it just furthers their their power and, and it's just bullshit. So there's petitions to sign and we'll, I'm going to make us a link tree. Nice. And we can put like yeah. all these petitions and, and things that we want to support just in one place yeah. in our socials. So, I'd urge everyone to go and sign those petitions and, and read more about that. Don't you find it so disappointing when a group of people who have experienced uh, discrimination opt to discriminate against other people? Yeah, 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 within their own community. Isn't that just totally. the most depressing human trait? Yeah, I was actually, before we came in, I was reading an article about the sort of wave of anti-trans bills that are being pushed through the American yeah, legal that system is crazy. as well. Um, crazy. Arkansas is just essentially, they've outlawed um, any gender affirming care for young people. So no therapy, yeah. no hormone blockers, none of that. And then you've got kids. And this is like when we're all going, yeah, Joe Biden is like, well, oh, yeah. no, actually, like we don't understand the American system enough to 
know that these things are still very much happening. You well, know? definitely, and, and this is like state by state, and exactly. some states are are not great places to be. Exactly, anything other than a white man, mm-hmm. a white cisgendered that heterosexual man is the safety. The thing, yeah. yeah, and it's it's horrifying. There's a really good. Um, there's a we should put him in our link tree is a, a cyclist called Chris Mosier who is um the first or one of the first um trans athletes to be on a national team. He's a cyclist. Mm. Um and does a lot of promotion on his Instagram about the bills and petitions and stuff. So we should like to Yeah, I, the person that brought my attention to it was the incredible Alok. Mm-hmm. And Homo sapiens recently did a, an interview with Alok that was really poignant because a lot of the interviews I've uh, you know, Alok kind of was someone that is a is a creative and a gender non-conforming person that often is a spokesperson for the trans and gender non-conforming community and has to talk a lot about, well, is encouraged to talk a lot about the, the history of gender non-conformity and, and defend themselves and their community at every turn. And that's totally, like, we need people at that. But what was really beautiful about this recent interview was... Um, that Alok has kind of decided that it's their calling to spread as much joy as they do, mm. you know, retell the hate that they describe. So really, actually, and then there was this amazing quote that Alan Cummins said during an interview that said, you know, I've as as a creative person that experiences struggle or whatever, like in any way, you know, there's this quote that's like, I have great access to darkness, but I choose to stand in the light. How beautiful. And I was just like, Stop! I'm writing it down. Because as people that experience any type of struggle or, or whatever, it's like, you know, we we often are just looked at as the spokesperson of that struggle and yeah. to be like sitting here having to talk about bullshit things. And it's like, well, let's also celebrate some joy. So yes. I'd encourage people to go and um, listen to that so they're not too depressed. Last thing I wanted to... God, it's like a fucking... What do you call it? A point of... What, what is it when you have a meeting, when you have a real job and you have a Oh, yeah, you, this is, you've, you've put together an agenda, an haven't agenda? you? An agenda? Look just at gunning me. Through it. Look at yeah. me. Uh, National Day of Action yes. for Kill the Bill on Saturday the 1st of May. I just wanted to shout that as well. Just around the corner. Just around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for anyone that wants to get get noisy before we can't yeah exactly shout really loud before it's outlawed yeah sisters uncut i've got loads of stuff haven't they on their mm. instagram about all that stuff and there is in fact just checking out that hashtag kill the bill you will find so much stuff to get involved in yes if you haven't already heard our first episode you should listen also it's been beautiful like the reception i, I think we should say that like that i realize we've not really said that yet like We've had so many messages and yeah. and people listening and I mean we were kind of going to do it regardless, you know, <laughs> exactly. we were like fuck it. But it's been really amazing the mm-hmm. way you've all just lapped up our meanderings yeah. and it's it's beautiful. I think we're going to create a really exciting community and keep getting in touch. Um, anyway, Kim, who are we chatting about today? Vivian. Westwood. Dame Vivian Westwood. Yeah. We should probably talk about clothes for a bit first. Let's do it. Um, I'm always up for that. Because we both like them. Mm. Um, Do you want to give a verbal rendition of your outfit? Yeah, and a little image description. So I have some 
white patent uh, Cuban heeled boots mm-hmm. and a nice tartan trouser. Lovely. In true Vivian style. I got these from Area 18 off Depop, mm-hmm. um, Vintage. And then I'm wearing this kind of, I don't even know how to describe these shirts, but I love that they're very like, it's kind of like your granny's doily, but like with an 80s adamant tinge in a shirt. Yeah, what material would you say that is? Is it silk chiffon? Chiffon, yeah, a chiffon, kind of ruffled chiffon shirt with a big kind of collar, decorative collar. Yeah, very new romantic. Yeah, very new romantic. It's kind of, the bottom half is punk era of Vivian Westwood and then the top half is kind of new romantic era of Vivian Westwood. Um, And I've got some Viv earrings that were bought for me for my birthday by my dear friend Rosie Graham. Some little orb logo Viv earrings. Um, so yeah, that that that's me. I've I've really enjoyed putting this together today. Yes. It's been a lot of fun. You go, Kim. Um so on my feet are love some these. lovely limited edition vans that are styled around David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. And they have made me a lot of friends. Mm. Once I was in the Whitney Gallery in New York and a man came over and said, I would love to wear red shoes, but I'm not brave enough. And I was like, you are brave enough. Go and get some red shoes and pop them on now. No, there's no rules. And I, I bet I hope he's he has. wearing red shoes now. I bet, bet he is. Um, I've got a massive ring on my finger, which is a stag beetle. It is beautiful. Um, which is awful jaggy. And could be used as a weapon. I mean, that's part of the the beauty, really. Part of the charm. Um, My um, head gear today is a Vivian Westwood handkerchief. It's beautiful. um, Which I share with my dog. Oh, Because she looks very beautiful in it. But today, no. It's mine. It is mine. Brilliant. Um, And yeah, it's really nice to talk about Vivian because I think we both use, I mean, you and I, and and you, I, and Vivian, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Vivian and I uh, both use clothes as a form of expression, right? Right. And I think also as a kind of, I think there's a, a quality where they are like armour. Oh my God, you, yeah. You build power by thinking about what you wear. And, yeah. Um, and I, I, that's one of the things I've really missed in lockdown, actually, is that like thinking about what to what to wear and putting outfits together and stuff. Um so you were you were more of the camp of like not like like just maybe same outfit vibes, just not really feeling the 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 energy from yeah, within to dress up. I wasn't up. really feeling the energy from within, and um, I have a dog, so dog yeah, walking clothes this, are yeah. like you know. I've tried a couple of times to pop on. Some David Bowie shows to go 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 walking in the mud and it's not. Yeah, see, practicality means nothing to me. Right, and this I that's am, why you're free, like a beautiful baby bird. I am one of these people who, throughout lockdown, has just dressed up more and more. Yeah, well, that's great for no reason. You've done it for all. both of us, which like, is thank God. I I will get up and I will put on a full outfit, fully real, like, and I'm I'm going nowhere. I do not have plans, but. You better be sure I've thought about my fucking outfit. <laughs> if someone chaps at your door, you're but ready. But I think it's also because my love for aesthetic and clothes 
is something that's quite recent for me. It's quite new. Yeah, me too. Like, I, last year, a year ago, I had always grown up as someone who was a lot heavier than I am now, and I've lost, like, a drastic amount of weight, and I don't think that was ever... I, I really enjoyed my aesthetic, both as a heavy person and as someone that's less heavy now. Mm-hmm. But I think I was quite jaded about fashion and that world and felt very intimidated in being assertive in yeah. who I was with my clothes because I already felt like I was taking up so much space physically and sure. was kind of shamed by society for being fat. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to draw even more attention to myself with my clothes and be a loud singer and, you know... Yeah. So, and also it's just quite fucking hard, actually. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, like, only in recent years, you know, I've kind of found more plus-size stuff and was able to explore my aesthetic more. And then, yeah, so it wasn't really... It's kind of come along simultaneously losing weight, but losing weight wasn't a result of being able to enjoy my aesthetic more. I was doing it prior to that. But yeah, um, my acceptance of the fashion industry and enjoying it and loving it and stuff is something that I had to work through because I was so bitter mm-hmm. by, you know, I, I thought, oh God, well, they just all hate me and people yeah. like me that look like me. So again, dr- being drawn towards someone like Vivian Westwood was great because it was like an outsider that was an insider. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Um, And we can talk more about that. But yeah. Yeah. Don't know where that came from. But No, it, go. it's good. Yeah. And no, I agree. And I also think uh, London is a really good place to like figure figure your your fashion out because it's a delightful place to it's funny I've kind of went full circle like I did have pretty I I, I'm kind of talking dog shit here because when I was a teenager I had really loud fashion choices I was like a punk for a while quite a while had like shoulder length ringlets that I dyed every colour under the sun I'll actually I'll post a picture on her insta of old me I had a face full of metal, piercings everywhere. I had like, yes, like bright pink ringlets and then wore like um, Tiger London, like tartan bondage trousers and um, safety pins everywhere. And then, yeah, then I think when I kind of grew out of that, I kind of didn't understand how to bring that same vibrancy into new clothes that I wanted to wear. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So then when I first moved to London, first came to college, it literally was like, jeans and a black t-shirt every single day it was like as beige as I could make myself Um, and then in recent years it's like a resurgence of like the colour and the bold choices and reconnecting with that but in a new way yeah and that's been really fun yeah because so Vivian is the yeah so she's the first fashion uh, person we've talked about isn't Mm. she Um, absolutely an artist and an activist like Keith Haring. I think that's the thread, isn't it? Yeah, um, but also I guess she's like, like a lot of people would describe her as the first designer who like was an a, like a fashion activist. Definitely. So yeah, like yeah. The, the, everything we see in the fashion world that like says something out with just being great design mm-hmm. is because of Vivian Westwood. You can trace it back to her. Yeah, and, and so part of the reason or the reason it's kind of timely is because she's just celebrated her 80th birthday Mm. which is quite amazing and still seems as full of energy and life as she always has yeah um she's still creating amazing stuff and 
yeah, it's been really fun to um, to I I read her book her her memoir that she um, wrote with Ian Kelly a few years ago, um, and it was really nice to reread it. And then also, yeah, like we were talking about, like look at uh, interviews and. Uh, I just love some watching of her, her speak yeah, no. and watching the runways, but like li- just listening to her speak about her own life yeah. is just amazing. Yeah, she um, she's one of the most determined people I think I've ever right. seen. Um, not in a way that is like really performative, like almost... It's almost incidental because she's just like she knows what she's working towards. She her eyes are firmly set in the future and she will just deal with obstacles as they come up because it's like you think at one point she was living in a caravan with the two boys yeah. on her own. Yeah. Um and I never ever get the sense when she speaks or when she writes that she wants to be portrayed as a victim. Exactly. She doesn't feel like the world owes her anything. Yeah. But she's just like, this is what I'm doing and I'm just doing it. Mm. And, you know, and when people have asked her, like, how did you get started? She said, well, you know, I just did it because I had to just do it. She you was know? like tailoring suits at like 13, 14. <laughs> yeah. I think the fact... And self-taught. Yeah. It's important to say. She came from a working class family. They weren't... It wasn't like her mum was sitting down teaching her to sew. They, nope. you know, they were both very much out working. Yep. And Vivian is a self-taught designer. She didn't go to fashion college. She didn't. And I she think, had to teach her training college. I think the like the time period, um, kind of post-World War Two, it generated this kind of... People had to be handy. They, they yeah, were having to like... Yeah, you had to learn a trade. Yeah. That was the encouraged thing. It was like, if you want to survive in the world... You learn a trade. Yeah, and if you, you wanted the, something, the you probably had to make it yourself, or you had to figure out how to make it. You, yeah. you weren't just going to trot out and buy it. So I think that she was definitely that handwork, yeah. that skill. Yeah, because even from even photographs of when she's really young, like when she's like fourteen or fifteen, she's going on holiday with her friends and stuff. She's she looked so beautiful and she's making her own stuff then, mm. you know, and uh, as I'm sure most people were. Even the thing, you know, um, it was really hard to get stockings during rationing and people used to draw the black line up their leg with, like, um, eyeliner so it I looked like that. the seam of the stocking. Um, people are incredibly, like, inventive, aren't they? We have, have too to much now. Yeah. I'm so guilty of it. Like, anyone that knows me will be like, you know, you're the worst of them and I, and I know but it does make you think and, and we'll talk about later on as well in terms of you know in her later years Viv has really tried to drive this message home of culture not consumption and like I do just think things are we're, we're just we have too much at our disposal too much to consume too much shit you know it's like yeah. I just like even, even like I don't know how to sew a button on Mm-hmm. And that pisses me off. I need to just learn the right. shit, like so that I can rework things and make things. Because I love buying secondhand clothes, charity shops, vintage, co- you know, vintage shops. And I just wish I could bring more of that into my own day to day with everything. Like, let's just learn how to get by and yeah, be creative and inventive and entrepreneurial in the best sense, you know. Because I think she was like the first voice from within the fashion industry to to try and encourage people to buy less. Yeah. 
Um, she said, she literally said, she was like, like, last night I'd seen this beautiful thing and she was like, keep wearing stuff. Yeah. Like, find things you love and keep wearing them. You know, I hate that thing of like, you can't be seen dead and you know you can't wear the same outfit twice. And it's like, why not? If yeah. it looks great, like... Yeah. It, like I think I definitely have like go to outfits that are like staples of my look, like mm-hmm. that people will see time and again, and yep. that's that's part of who I am. You know, that's like we don't, you know, we say the same words. We do, we you know, yeah, we, we we are creatures of habit. I think it's great and more sustainable to be wearing the same things that you love. You know, but it's really find handy new ways to wear them. You know, yeah, it's really handy though to for the media and for commerce to tell you you can't wear things more than once because then yeah, you have to buy loads money. of things yeah, totally. Totally. and you see the way that the media tear down women that are seen in public that oh my God, with the yeah. same dress twice but what I loved was like um, Jane Fonda when she wore like this dress to the, it was like the Oscars or the Golden Globes or something and she's a huge climate change activist as well so she like reworked a dress and like it was incredible and that was way more exciting than anything new yep because it was like something that we'd seen and she knew that it would be such a big press thing coverage and she like reworked it in a really cool way and was like here's how you do it and i was like yes thank you for teaching us i will come and attend this class again she is a delight she really is a delight total delight um getting arrested every which way yeah being like fuck it this I, is I important. Love I live for that energy. I'm yeah, arresting right now. She's amazing. Okay, so what's our first I'm, thing we want to talk about? Well, I want to know what your first experience of Vivian was. Like, how did you come to realise that you were low-key in love with her? Um. So one of the first things that struck me about her and that I, a big lesson I learned from her was that I would... I would read interviews with her just because she's such a kind of big cultural figure. Mm. So you don't have to look very hard. People would be trying to ask her about punk and she would redirect the question to talk about climate change. Um, It was the first time I'd seen someone make such a powerful statement about here I have this opportunity to have voice about something and I am not going to allow it to be sidetracked to something else. Um, that had a real impact on me. I remember like the first doing like, interviews or, or whatever as a kind of emerging professional musician and feeling like I wasn't really happy with them. I couldn't really use them for anything. Like the questions were boring. I've heard that so um, many times where you're like, yeah, why like, did well, I not take control in that yeah, moment? I don't want to answer these questions. And it's been really like she was a big, she you know, she said, you don't have to do that. You can, like, change the rules. So now I send, uh, you know, if someone wants to do something, I say, here's the things I'm interested in or here's the things I'm not really interested in talking about. You can find them elsewhere if you want to talk about. When did you start playing trumpet? Whatever. Um, So she was really powerful in that. And then the other thing is um, when I was trying to figure out how to kind of bring my identity so that I was always who I was in every situation, that I didn't have a different face I didn't have a how I behaved as a professional person how I behaved to my friends Mm -hmm. you know I didn't want to feel like that um and part of that was about trying to understand how I brought my sort of political and ethical and moral beliefs into my creative work yeah um we play instrumental music so that's 
pretty abstract. So trying to figure out what is the most impactful way to use this opportunity where you're in front of people. And I felt like the clothes that I wore was a really useful way to do that. Yeah. So uh, like slogan T-shirts is a really useful way to do that. Yeah. Slogan T-shirts fully traced back to Vivian Westwood. Yeah. Um, so feeling like, yeah, this is useful. I can have a wardrobe of stuff where I don't have to even reference it, but it yeah. is visually apparent um, that it's completely traced back to her. Yeah. How about you? That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, my first kind of uh, moment where I recognised that there was this icon that existed was um, was through the punk thing. You know, mm-hmm. like my family have... Were, you know, my mum and more so even her brother um, were punks. You know, my uncle was in the Scottish Sex Pistols who followed about the real Sex Pistols and whatever. So there's definitely a strong history of punk in my family. And I was really aware of that growing up and yeah. had my kind of stint at trying it out. And uh, I had this book and it it's literally like the encyclopedia of punk, which sounds like a lot of shit, right? Because normally these things are. Yeah. But it it's incredible. I actually went back and looked at it last time I was home. Mm-hmm. Because I just thought, this was amazing for me. It had everything in it, you know? Like, you know, everyone from the slits and blah, 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 and X-ray specs, like, and and the New York Dolls, and even, like, Wayne County, Uh you know, Jane County, like, and these kind of New York underground, and then to the British scene with, obviously, the Sex Pistols and um, whoever else. But I had a huge bet on the fashion and on the boutique that Vivian and Malcolm ran when it was sex Mm -hmm. and all the, you know, even spoke about it, picked out the amazing pieces, the the staple pieces of the punk movement that Vivian had designed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important just to say for anyone that doesn't know, I mean, punk was Vivian Westwood. Vivian Westwood was punk. You know, she literally styled an era of, of... not just music, but the whole kind of movement. Malcolm was, put the bands together and she dressed them. Yeah, totally. And we can talk more about them and that craziness later, but I just, yeah, I instantly was like, this woman, Vivian Westwood, did these things and my eyeballs are jumping out of my head and I just always remembered. And then I loved that as I came to London, I mean, London... And it seems like I'm talking more about more and more about fashion and finding people that love talking about it and get more into it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it was like then getting into other bits of because she's done so much since and and we'll talk yeah. about that. But like, yeah, just getting into like all things Westwood really and like being able to walk up and down the King's Road and see the World's End shop that's still there and like just I have friends who just share such a similar love like. Um, my friend Jamie and my friend Emma she's an amazing collection you know I remember going back to ours one night like probably about circa 3am um, however many espresso martinis in and just are pulling out all of our pieces of Vivian Westwood and there's like you know there's like kind of beautiful gowns there that she'll wear on gigs or like statement rings I mean the, the armour rings and all that mm-hmm. and just it, there's such a range there and I was like oh my god this is the same person kind of like Keith Earing again like yeah. someone that pops up in your life in so many little beautiful ways and then to be like this is the same beautifully creative human being yeah and just wow 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 yeah because i mean her like keith herring her contributions to culture 
have become cultural reference points. For They're everything. They're so rooted oh in... Oh, my God, yeah. Like my, so my mum, I grew up around, like, the new romantic mm-hmm. thing. My mum was um, super into it. And yeah, my mum was more that. Yeah. New romantic. And... Uh, yeah, those are my kind of. If I if I try and think back, I had my mum had a couple of videotapes I used to watch all the time. One of them was uh, David Bowie's um, Glass Spider, like Spiders from Mars. Mm. Um, and you know, I remember seeing being very very young and seeing people like Boy George and um, Adamant and and Eddie Izzard as well being yeah. aware of people not conforming to very clear gender binaries. And I do have a memory of asking, like, why is he wearing makeup or something? Um, And mum saying, well, why why not? Why is is that not okay? You know, because he likes it. Cards to mum. Yeah, nice, gentle kind of early memory. Um, And, yeah, so I think for a while I would associate Vivian Westwood with punk not even realising then that she also did New Romantics. Mm. <laughs> the whole thing just well, gives that, it, everything one, goes back to you her. you know, led into the other, Exactly, so yeah. Um, I feel like New Romanticism just took all the good bits of punk and got rid of all the sh- bad bits. Got rid of all the spitting. Yeah, got rid of all the f- fucking macho bullshit. Yeah. Put a bit of eyeshadow on. And kept the kind of rebellious edge. And I was like, I'm home. Here we are. (laughs) Here we are. We've got it. Um, Yeah. And it also got rid of Malcolm McLaren a bit. Yes. Which was a kind of fundamental. But then he hopped on the whole like Vogue thing. Anyway, listen. Um, Well, one of the first things I wrote down in my notes, actually, when I was putting notes together, was that I'm so glad she found Andreas. Oh. Um, Yeah. Because... I don't think we can do an episode in Vivian Westwood without talking about her and Malcolm McLaren. Yeah, I mean, let, well, let's just talk. I mean, Malcolm, so they found each other. Malcolm was a, an art student and Vivian's someone was... Brother. Brother was at art school. Uh, yeah, he was He was uh, Vivian's brother's friend. It yeah. Brought him round to And he house. was a bit younger than her. Yeah. Um, but then they kind of got together and started this, well, v- Vivian was making clothes, just making garments as she always did growing up. Yeah. And, and he could kind of recognise the, the talent and he was quite infatuated. And he she pursued said, her, yeah. Yeah, and, but she said later on as well that she was overwhelmed by, looking back, she was just overwhelmed by his infatuation for her yeah and 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 she trying to navigate that and yeah he like love bombed her basically yeah yeah Uh, but but he was she's mesmerized by people that are intelligent right she's mes she is in love with people's brains i completely that resonates very strongly with me she talks about this childhood friend she had and she was just like infatuated by her because she was she was smart and she would take her to theatre mm. and she would just, you know, bring this whole new world to her. And Malcolm did the same thing. Totally. This big, bold guy with lots of, like, interesting reference points who just, he felt... London pow- was his playground. And he and knew just, it like the back yeah. of his hand. And then here's this young woman who's come, you know, down from Derby. Yeah. And um, 
yeah, just no wonder she was drawn to someone like that. Yeah, totally. In a way, it was, you know, it happened because it was meant to at that time. But yeah, they, they got this space on the King's Road to start. I think, was it not initially, his, he had a record shop, actually, and she was selling garments in the back or something. Yeah, but he But then would... when they actually opened a boutique, it was the, the King's Road thing, which has changed names... Many times. Many times over the years. But it's kind of cute because they kind of reference different culture points. And, yeah. Because and she says time. now, actually looking back, if I had been a, a designer then, as I am now, it would have just been different collections. Yeah. We wouldn't have had to change yeah. the whole shop. Yeah, exactly. But, um, they, they but that's what they did. Changed the whole, which <laughs> yeah. I love. I'm like, fuck it, let's change the vibe. Brilliant. Paint the walls. Let's go crazy. New sign. Yeah, and, new um, everything. And you know that before they took it, it was called Paradise Garage. Little throwback <gasps> to Keith Haring. Oh my God, I did know that, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. You've reminded me. Um, yeah, and that shop it still exists. It's it's World's End, which is the final name change that they had, and it stayed that, and it still exists. It's one of the most famous pilgrimages in London and kind of in the world, I suppose, for fashion heads. And There's some of her stuff you can only get there as yeah, well. Yeah, and it is quite, yeah, they've kept that kind of um, originality and yeah. that, that kind of one place for something that's now got outlets across the world and whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was, he, Malcolm McLaren was pretty much responsible for um, punk here in the UK. I mean, he he almost, he was kind of Simon Cowell of punk, wasn't he? Kind of yeah. took the Sex Pistols and threw them together like they were an X Factor kind of boy band. And That's what people and don't realise. They were so manufactured, yeah, right? Yeah, this yeah. Was like, was whoever, it, they could have been anyone. That's the thing, because it was just folk walking into that shop. Whoever was in it? the shop, and there's a lot of people in that shop. Yeah. It could have been so many different people. And there is a thing where she, um, Malcolm said to her, like, who do you think should be the front man of right. the, and, he, and she said, Oh, that boy John, and it turned out that both Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious are called John, and she meant the other one. Right. <laughs> and she was like, I don't mean that one, but yeah, I mean, that one's fine He'll as well. Do. Like, That'll do. But uh, Kevin, and I can't remember his surname, from Dexy's Midnight Runners, it, he was in the running because mm. he, he was round all the time. That band could have been anyone, I mean, which is part of the charm, right? That it could be yeah. anyone, well, there that, is no that's barriers. What punk was meant to be about yeah. initially, and. And yeah, Vivian was do- very much doing the punk thing with her clothes, and is really. Res- I mean, hers were the the. It was the de- the, the the deconstruction of garments, really, wasn't it? That that was the massive thing, you know, using the safety pins and and the bondage trousers, having this kind of like this conflict in these trousers, <laughs> yeah, like kind of not very practical at all. But it was yeah, it was amazing, and and she styled all these bands that Malcolm managed and, and was really at the forefront of it. And But yeah, he, he references her as his seamstress. Yeah. Which is quite well, interesting. He, he used to dress her when she was a very young woman. Um, she He felt like she looked dour and he wanted to change her. And she said he used to dress her to embarrass her. Used to dress, dress her in like sort of fetish fetish stuff mm. to to humiliate her this that that really toxic behavior mm. of trying to publicly humiliate people comes back time and time again with him um and actually she she was like i'm she, not humiliated yeah, and i'm going to take this and like, like she she was like i loved that look on like that punk thing with the red spandex and stuff and she was like 
I fucking owned it. You yeah. Know, that's, and that, again, is one of the reasons why I, I love her so much. But it's very interesting with the, because the punk thing's a whole thing in itself. And I think it's really interesting how she began to distance herself from it in terms of, you know, when it became, she fell out of love with that iconoclasm that was surrounding it. And, it was like everything that she was fighting for and she was that what punk meant to her had kind of fallen by the wayside a bit and it had all you know she says something like yeah they're all just still pogoing yeah and i'm here trying to fucking change the world you know and yeah and, and i think she that felt really resonated with me i think she she felt like they were all working to a cause at the start mm. but then I, I mean malcolm mclaren wasn't a political person he was a he he was someone who wanted to shock and wanted to kind of shake things up, but yeah. but but she had within but her without bones reason. He was yeah, a bit right. like like that's the thing, isn't it? He wanted to challenge the establishment and challenge authority, but with no vision for how it should change or no, he couldn't give re, you know yeah he, you know Vivian was like I want to change this because of that yeah, know. and he was really interested in the um the French situationists, which were like this idea of kind of um, shock, like spectacle, um, and bringing art and life and making them kind of, you you can't separate them out. So um, these these sort of happenings, these kind of events, I, like the proto kind of flash mob thing being about like taking back art so that it, it can be indistinguishable from life. And, and, and so there's a power in that. I mean, maybe I'm giving him too much credit there from... Maybe he didn't think about that as much as that, but yeah. there is a... That, and so, like, you, you know, there's that footage of him, um, the Sex Pistols are on TV, and you see the camera pan to him, he's behind the camera, and he's mouthing to uh, John Lydon, tell him to fuck off. Mm. Um, he was a puppet master, right? Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. like, you know, and I remember John Lydon after the Sex Pistols saying, we, we didn't know, you know, we were angry, but we didn't know what we were angry mm. at. And I think, even I mean, even going into it, Vivian had a child already. She was already a mother. Yeah. Um. She be- she had Malcolm's child, which, which he, he couldn't be bothered with. Gave her the money to abort. Yeah. Because he had no interest in being a father, and she spent it on a lovely two. piece A lovely little two piece, which I love. <laughs> she was like, "Fuck you! Yeah. I'm buying myself a nice two piece, and I'm having this child yeah. because I want to have this child." So she's got there. She's she's got two kids. She's she is incredible drive and belief in in what she thinks should be the case in the world and I think she felt like this the group she was in that the world she was in it she wasn't getting anything else from it also no sense of community there which is what any big social movement should have really yeah um yeah I just feel like there was the boys in the sex pistols kind of off sniffing glue and doing fancy telly Malcolm McLaren raking it in yeah and then Vivian had two kids and was trying to fucking, you know, take over the world. And yeah. it's like, you can see who's doing the work there, you know? Everyone um, treated them, her like the mum. But yeah, she was the least spoken about, uh, yep. probably among them. And, you know, yeah, I just think that's interesting to point out. Um, so it's no it's no surprise that she then kind of distanced herself from the, the very movement that she aesthetically created. Um, and... You know, there was some tough times, as you mentioned earlier, of then having to, you know, living out of a caravan for a while and, and whatever. 
um, but then did become a designer and do runways and that first, you know, the French thing because she was still with Malcolm at this point. So they did a few under their own and and with both of them at the yeah. helm. And the first was that the the pirate, the pirates, thing. yeah. Um, and that was very much French Revolution inspired, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was the first time she said that she like went and got some history books and started looking at like clothes yeah. and and really trying to like immerse herself in in the the history of garments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you got the, those those pirate boots. Oh, mm. I think they're the most beautiful thing. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. and and he's you know she don't you think that when she talks about Malcolm she is outrageously kind yeah, about him. Totally. Um well it's almost like she's um not involved. That's the way she, she the way she talks about it. She's so objective about the whole thing. Yeah. Whereas yeah, she has yeah. every right to be just emotionally charged, you yeah. know, cuz she at the end of the day you're like, I almost have to remind myself that she's talking about herself her and actual her relationship. Life. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because she's just so good at stating the facts and yeah. and and explaining how complex it is when you're in love with somebody and it's toxic and it's they've been a fucking dickhead yeah yeah but yeah you love them and do you know it's, it's kind of difficult yeah and so she said you know she said tim to malcolm okay i think we either do the music thing or we do the fashion yes. thing and i don't think we yep. can do both and he said fashion let's yep. do that um and let's put your name on it uh very sort of magnanimous of him yeah, yeah, thanks yeah. malcolm um and then yeah they did a couple of those shows didn't they they did mm-hmm. um because then there was the first show when she went to Paris was Witches, yeah, which was after they'd kind of extricated themselves. Because was they, that her first in her own name? I think it was I think her. It was. I, I without his name, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the first time that she'd gone to Paris yeah. and actually showed kind of beyond that, and that show was, she says, was um, was kind of based on influenced by Keith Haring. Yes, and she met yes. him. Yes, they so were, true, wanted yeah, to yeah. work together, but then he died. But um. Yeah, that was the first time, and I think that f- her whole life she is someone who 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 has given, who has given to people, and is incredibly generous and open. And it wasn't really until that point that someone came to her and recognised her brilliance and strove to elevate her uh-huh. rather than so true. have the, have her elevate them. Yes, you know, totally, totally. And so that was when the. Um, you know, it was like, well, if you're going to do this properly, you're gonna. We need to go to Italy, and we need to have some of the. I mean, she's really started to revolutionise the fashion industry, yeah, and and the right people, yeah, that had the resource and the contacts were able to help her, yeah. You know, and the shop was like a nightmare. It was like there was it was mired in debt, and Malcolm's name was all hideously mm. woven up in it, and so it was someone had the well, a number of people had the foresight to to reach and help her and give mm. her money in order that she could move away from that and start building this thing for herself. Because then, there was that talent yeah. that was, I mean, it, so many major designers have cited Westwood literally from that first runway show. Yeah, absolutely. As, as influence, you yeah. know, there's no getting away from it. And we're talking like everyone that's big have looked to her for inspiration yeah definitely the 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 world the the industry the community the fashion community had to could could see that and we're like we need to save this this creativity and and make sure it gets the support it needs and not a caravan with no running water and a shitty 
man yeah and, you know and like, more than just her doing it herself with a screen printing exactly, machine like, a, like, like a, some a team behind her actually yeah because she was self-taught handmade garments yeah that was it right up until well, still at that point so yeah. no creative team really and and yeah amazing and i think that well then she was the first british designer to ever do that mm. to to ever be pulled into that you know like uh, paris and and milan you know, kind of international stage thing, yeah, yeah. and be recognised, and then every show since has been every one of her collections is mind blowing. Yeah, has and changed the game. Yeah, again exactly. And again, and she said she said herself in a in a characteristically sort of sanguine way that she recognised other designers using her design. Yeah, but you know, like, I mean, McQueen. Yeah, like, but McQueen is McQueen because Westwood is Westwood. You yeah, know, it's like exactly. these people are all trailblazers in their own right, and. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see actually, and what I think is interesting now is when we look at present day, like so. Vivian Westwood is such an institution around the world, but here in the UK and here in London, like oh my god, yeah. And I find it so interesting this juxtaposition of like, like she's she is still a punk. She is punk as fuck. She's possibly the most Absolutely. punk person still existing today. Yeah. But yet she's a dame. Yeah. And she's like, albeit she wore a dress and no knickers when she <laughs> went to receive her damehood. I mean, that just says it all. Yeah. Um, and she's so anti-establishment, but she's so, but while remaining a part of it. Yeah, it's complex, and is isn't that, it? But is that the most punk thing? Because she said it was all about putting a spoke in the system at the start. And yeah. now she is a spoke in the system. Yeah. But as Vivian Westwood. And I'm like, is that the most punk thing ever? I don't know. Yeah, it's, tr- it's tricky, isn't it? Like, I tell you, this is something that I have found... I've come up against with people that I really admire trying to understand... Trying to reconcile bits that I don't agree with with bits that I do, right? Yeah, this yeah, is like yeah. a, Which I think is part of, like life is you know you yeah, don't the want other to night of... i was having a conversation with someone about kate bush and then i just started blabbing on yeah but she's a tory and and, and i thought and that's maybe because i had too many cocktails but actually i was thinking back to it and i was like but kate bush still did some amazing yeah amazing stuff yeah and is an amazing part of our culture and Maybe one day we could have that glass of wine, me and her, and figure some shit out. That's right. I'm open to it. Yeah, it's fine. And it's Give fine that you, you... And it's also fine that I disagree with that part of her. Exactly. You don't would have be to idolise. take it on. That yeah. I don't idolise her. I'm not, like, I'm not like, oh my God, I want to be Kate Bush because I never want to be a Tory. Yeah, exactly. But I can still like get the scarves out and have a dance to Wuthering Heights right. and feel good about that. And so I'm on board with so much of Vivian Westwood and then, and then she loses me with kind of her love of the royal family yeah that that lost me but perhaps that's really intertwined in like like her garments are so like ever since that first pirate show which was so like which was very much french revolution yeah inspired like she's always looked back definitely to regal garments and then tried to present them in this deconstructed punk way like, mm-hmm. it, that's a big generalization but that's kind of been the theme of like her thing yeah so I was like, maybe she's just inspired by the royal family, like garments-wise. But no, she does know, that. Then she goes wise. and does the whole day yeah, thing, and I'm like, what? But then also, maybe it's like what we were saying on the on the last episode, which was a, we were talking about how do you um, 
kind of understand your cultural heritage and yeah and I think she she does do it in an authentic way. She she celebrates her Britishness and her she Englishness. She is very English. Yeah, she is, isn't she? Yeah. Um, and maybe then it's not jarring at all. Maybe it's kind of more authentic. Uh, there's that, and then also I was. I think it is what it is. Is we resonate with so much in her person. Yeah. yeah. But but then it stops at this point. Caps. But that's okay. Definitely. Because we are not Vivian Westwood and Vivian Westwood is not us. That's right. And I think we, we also... admire parts of her and what she's done, but without wanting to be that person. Yeah. And I think also the the fact that she's... Her experience living in England across 80 years is very different from ours as well. Exactly. And my relationship would, would, would be very different with the country. And what's still even more amazing is she used her London Fashion Week show during the time of the Scottish referendum to support Scottish independence. Such a babe. Every single one of her models wore a Yes badge. Yeah, and Andrea's got that beautiful kilt outfit I mean, that he was wearing. It's amazing. Oh and that God. was also such a beautiful thing because her use of tartan... Yeah. had been so prominent in Definitely. her garments and for her then to support Scottish independence and use her London Fashion Week runway to state that was amazing and that's been the main thing in present Westwood is using her runways as actually platforms for activism exactly beautiful segue so which is your favourite uh, runway show of hers oh that's bloody hard but ooh. I can't pick one. What was the one? The one that was super. This is actually quite funny because it was the one that was super royal and family, royal family inspired, and it's got that like, it's a blazer with like the black heart in the middle. Did you see that one? Is it Anglomania? Anglomania, probably. Yeah, it's probably Anglomania. With, I was watching that last night. It was beautiful. With the tweed, a lot of tweed. Yeah, I kind of love what she did. Love about Harris that. tweed. Yeah. Tell you. And she said that was inspired by a girl that she's seen on the tube. On the tube, yeah. Like a in, young girl, yeah. She had yeah. little ballet shoes in her bag and she was wearing a Harris tweed blazer. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, that's brilliant. But I love it all. I mean, you can't show me a bit of Westwood that I don't love, you know? Yeah. It's like, come on. I think but, my, my yeah. favourite show is Homo Loquax, the 2019 show where all the all the um, models are activists. So right. you've got Rose McGowan is in there. Mm. James Sovan from Greenpeace is in there. Um and it's like half protest rally, half runway show. So they all have lines, they all have dialogue. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like that mesmerizing. Game changer. And there's like the 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 clothes are beautiful. There's lots of really big hoods, really beautiful big hoods, and loads of throwbacks to her earlier stuff. So there's mm-hmm. like um, uh, too fast to live, too young to die t-shirts and. Um, it was when she made the the playing cards, but again, so it's all centered around activism and about trying to tell the world about climate catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Um, she managed, she and McQueen managed to make runway shows properly immersive art experiences. Right. Well, McQueen with that iconic paint dress, oh. right? that was that changed the world. Um, yeah. And and yeah, as you say, what Westwood's doing now, which which to me is kind of what it's all about. Yep. If I go to a runway show, I am looking for an immersive experience. Definitely. I want to... I, I want... Yeah. I need that. Because they're art pieces. The stuff you see on the runway is not the stuff you go and pick off the hanger. It's not. Hanger. It's These not, are to be... 
like sculptures essentially. Yeah, and, and and the show needs to be a show. Yeah, you see so many runway shows, and it's like some fairly shit music, mm. and it's just like boom, 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 up boom, boom, down, done, up and down, clip, clip, like, clip, oh, clip. Man, there's so much more you can do with it. Like, and she's so great at doing that. And of course, she makes the decision a couple times not to show in person because of the um, the sort of environmental mm-hmm. impact. She's Again, one of the first people that started shouting about ethical fashion, you know. I think it's so difficult as well that I admire because our our business has become... So during this time, she was teaching in Vienna and found her lovely husband, who was a student, and he now has a huge part in the creative direction of Westwood as a brand and helps really run this beast of a business. And that means that Vivian's able to really do all the activism stuff that she does but I I remember watching the documentary that came out recently on her it's like it's very difficult she's like got this beast of a business that's opening up more and more outlets internationally and her values and the way the company runs even are at odds with each other Mm -hmm. because there's marketing people that work for her that she hasn't employed but that need to be there or whatever that she's fighting with because she's like well no that's not sustainable or whatever and they're just concerned about the numbers and you know such a tricky because the the world doesn't support ethical fashion yet it doesn't make it easy no so um, especially for a big brand like hers so yeah wow even like you know they were opening a new store in Paris or something she didn't go because she was at she was reading up on climate change she was doing this big piece on it or whatever and yeah. she didn't want to fly and, and you know it's amazing but and we, I think it proves how hard it is to be that person yeah and I, th- I think that is the reality when you she's devoted her life to you know a higher cause as it were mm-hmm. and she she acknowledges that that's a really difficult thing that's really complex that's full of contradictions we're all full of contradictions we are you yeah know? it's and important to say you yeah. can pretend that you're not or you can embrace that you are, and like yeah. you know, and I think she does that as well as she possibly yeah, can. Yeah, and her things about changing the system. It's about linking up all of the people that oppose the system. She calls it the, the rot dollar. The, the the world is run by the rot dollar, and we're all driving ourselves into in- extinction, and because of money and war and politi- politicians, and um, she wants to, us all to link up as these people that oppose this and change the, the systems in which... Because the, the, the systems force us to comply to it. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to go against the grain. Definitely. Um, and what Vivian has provided us in terms of culture and inspiration and will we'll always surpass any amount of plastic shoes that could be made in her name, <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> there was, I, uh, I sent a message to a couple of friends saying, like, we're going to do a Vivian episode... A Vivian, a Vivian episode. episode. <laughs> that's Hello. What, that's what I'm calling it these days. Um, is there anything that you, you'd want to talk about? And one of them said, the, like, why did she design the stewards' outfits for Virgin Airways? Right. And, I was and, like, hang, good. and totally hang out with Richard Branson. Right. And good question. Well, I'll sit with that for a bit. Let's try and figure it out. Um, well, it's exactly what you just said. It is. She is full of contradictions herself. Like, but also, Richard Branson, you know, has been part of that story for a long time. Like, labels were dropping sex pistols left, right and centre because they were a nightmare. And it was Richard Branson that signed them. And, you know, he he's kind of been in that history of punk. He was kind of right there. He's a 
complex figure and also I mean there's yeah the question is you're designing fashion for an industry that is very damaging to the environment and you protest against it but I think at its heart she's always she talks very fondly of Richard Branson I think they are friends no and I think he he elevated something and helped a cause of hers and that and that makes perfect sense to me that she would reciprocate you know um yeah and then spend the rest of her time fully dedicating herself to shouting about climate change so it's like she she more than makes up for it oh yeah she's she puts her money where her mouth is most definitely yeah um and then yeah so i when i went into like a little youtube uh black hole and there's a lovely video of Vivian and Naomi Campbell talking about. I really wanted to watch that last night from British Vogue. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. the one. It was in my queue, and then I fell asleep. But I like was watching like the ID magazine one, and then this other one by the fashion industry United or something. Oh yeah, very um, very weird. Um, looks like it was photo like um, yeah, put, on, put on like word art. Totally. Yeah. Um, but I, that was the one that I really wanted to watch. Naomi Campbell and Viv. Chan. Yeah, because so there's a very. Um, seminal moment where Naomi Campbell fell in a Vivian Westwood show. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah In the yeah, 93 yeah. show. Um, she has very high heels on mm. and you can kind of see those ankles getting a little bit rubbery mm-hmm. and she just, she, that's it, she stacks it. Um, and the two of them are like talking about, talking about that and uh, like having a giggle about it but also when you're a supermodel and you, you fall it's kind of like being a racehorse and you fall. You're yeah, like, oh yeah, my yeah, God, yeah, they're yeah. going to kill me. Um, but it was really sweet to see them, like, again, like, there's, people talk with such fondness about about her. Um, and Naomi Campbell obviously loves her. Um, so, yeah, and I'd I'd totally forgotten about that. And then it reminded me, she talks a bit in the, her book about high heels, the fact, because she always wears massive platform mm. shoes. And the fact that she, um, she said before, one of the things she wanted to do was deal with the fact that shoes had the kind of fabric or the, yeah, so the fabric at the top and then the, the platform would be separate and she wanted to make sure the fabric ran right down. She sort of wanted the shoes to be an extension of the foot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which I think you can see um, in some of the shoes, the, the contours of them are as if the, it runs f- straight down the leg and yeah. foot into the thing. Which That kind of reminds me of a lot of stuff that Lee Bowery was doing. Though. Right. You know, exactly. where if Lee Bowie was in, because again, someone that made their own garments and would be kind of dressed head to toe in a kind of one piece, whatever it was. And then the, the shoes were just an extension of that. And they'd yeah. sometimes be covered in amongst it. Or, yeah, it's, I kind of see that, you know, right down to the platform. Yeah. And um, McQueen did the same thing. Some right, of those well, shoes. They, like, they were side by side. Yeah. Those two, so, yeah. And they were they were at odds with each other. Um, I think they disagreed with each other. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, Alexander McQueen disagreed with the way that she dealt with tartan and Britishness. Yeah, it's interesting because um, he. So, whose word do you take? Because he did have that heritage to cling on to, didn't he? And he. Yeah, and he identified in a very different way than she did yeah. with it. Um, and his his show was very much a, the narrative of the the Highland clearances and stuff. The underdog, and, yeah. like we were talking about yeah. before. Um, but also, I think you know that the, both Vivian Westwood and Alexander McQueen were very big, bold, polemic people. So yeah, and, they take and, it with a pinch and, of salt, and, right? And deserved their spaces, you Definitely. know, to to argue and butt heads, and that's part of the bloody drama of life, and we love it. You yeah, know? it's 
part of the show. And yeah. it's like, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, but, you know, we have icons and it's fine if they're not all, you know... Best pals. Best pals. Yeah. There's another really nice interview that I watched with Carol Smiley. Carol oh. Smiley. Hi, Carol. How are you doing? We've been doing since Changing Rooms. Um, where she's interviewing her. And she's very good at interviewing because she just lets Vivian talk. Um, it's hard to get a handle on what the question is was, um, if there was a question. But it sort Vivian sort of launches into a thing which is about the Spice Girls. Amazing. Um, she's not keen. Right. Um, I think what she's not keen on is the branding, the sort of manufactured feminism angle okay. of the Spice Girls. Um, she's had quite an uncomfortable relationship with feminism. She got criticised a lot for people would perceive that she was a doormat to Malcolm McLaren and would facilitate his rise while she toiled that she allowed him not to be a father to his child, whatever. Um, people have then come to her defence saying, well, she was a pragmatic feminist, so she... That her, she embodies her ideals in a very, you know, in a feminist way, um, but she makes those kind of individual choices, and they're very different. Blah 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 blah. Um, and I think it seemed like, the, and I remember like the Spice Girls thing, the girl power thing was kind of jammed down everyone's throats at mm. that time. Um, and I think it was probably a little bit jarring. I have the sense that the question that Kyle Smiley asked wasn't actually about the Spice Girls. <laughs> it's interesting because the Spice Girls are. J- or manufactured no more than the sex pistols, were, right? You know, so it's, it's exactly it's, it's the same thing. Maybe yeah, that, you know she hits a bit close to home, maybe. Yeah, um, but they less spitting again, less spitting. Well, and then, that's all right. I can. I'm pretty on board with that. I read a thing where John Lydon punched her in the face. Do you know this? No. That they went to a big party, and word got to her that. Uh, Johnny Rotten was at the door and they weren't letting him in the party. And she was like, right, I'll go and let you in the party. And they, and she opened the door. And he was in such a stushy, he'd worked himself up into a frenzy, he just punched her in the face. Charming, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Come on. I think he might have punched my uncle in the face too. Shit. Little claim to fame. And broken punch, his nose. Punch claim to fame. Yeah. He was definitely a puncher. Punchy, punchy yeah, guy. Punchy guy. <laughs> and now he's, what, what do you do, sell chips? Butter, I think he sells... <laughs> I'd like it more if we sold chips. Uh, yeah, and is is pro Trump? Oh yeah, of course he is. I mean, the the thing is, right? Anyone that said that many prit sticks up their nose yeah. isn't going to be really someone that you should be giving airtime to. <laughs> no, I think uh, fifty years down the say, line, you okay. know, just just be like, Thanks, you buddy. go do your thing. They should Off just the create a big retirement home with all the punks with no brain cells left, <laughs> and just put them all in to talk to each other, and like we don't really need to know That's what right. their stances are in world politics today. Me and you are here; it's all good. Yeah, and they can just just make it safe. Just make sure the doors are shut. Yeah, and like, just keep tuning into the How Not Pod. Don't listen to don't men that are selling butter and punching <laughs> women in the face. If there was a life lesson. <laughs> To take away, I think it's that. Yep. Like that's the that's that can the be message. On our t-shirts. Yeah. Don't listen to men that sell butter and punch women in the face. Yeah. That's foolproof, I think. Yeah. That'll never go, uh, do you wrong. No. If you go by that. No. Yeah. Um. So well done, Vivian Westwood, for existing. Yeah, fully. Like, yeah. I I just, it's been such a joy just 
yeah, going down little YouTube black holes and and just talking to people about her. Like as you say, like messaging your friends. Like I have so many friends that I just love to talk about. Yeah. Vivian Westwood with the Tatler and, cover yeah. where she dressed up as Margaret Thatcher. Oh my oh. god! Well, that yeah. Perfect. I mean, and and then she's she herself has turned some looks in her time. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, I'm just excited for what is next. You know. Yeah, and I think it's the partnership with her and Andreas is beautiful wonderful and they do elevate each other and they work very well together and it kind of makes me feel you know sometimes I think that um, say with McQueen that obviously Alexander McQueen as a brand exists now Mm -hmm. obviously he doesn't he's no longer alive that's a complex thing about where where do you where does your relationship sit with that was but she much? knows that it'll exist long after exactly. because of him. Because it's their thing. Yeah. It's their yeah. thing. And his his work is incredible. And um, they get each other very... They're fully in tune with each other. So I have, yeah, full uh, trust that, that that will exist like beyond the life of Vivian Westwood. Oh, totally. Like, also, she doesn't give a flying fuck. Couldn't give a shit. She was like, people forget who I am, which we obviously won't. Um, but... She was like, yeah, I mean, the brand will still go, you know, and, you know, he's there and, and whatever. But, like, you know, I don't really give a fuck if people remember me or not. Like, yeah, she has got, she's, she's really got it nailed. She chat shit about fracking. Yeah, the right number of fucks are given with mm. Vivian Westwood. She's really, she's yeah. honed that in. Yeah, if, if if there's anything for us to remember today, it's it's, it's that, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, brilliant. Well done. Well done, well done Viv. Everyone. Well done, Viv. Um, Any parting gifts of words? Should talk about Patreon for a minute. Do it, please. Um, so we have a Patreon as a way to ensure that this keeps happening. Yeah, make sure we don't go anywhere. Um, these these YouTube videos, these books, they aren't going to watch themselves. They aren't going to read themselves. No, you know. Um, these outfits mm. are not going to curate themselves, are they? Absolutely. So um, our Patreon is a place where we can kind of continue to grow this community of yep. good troublemakers that we have. And there are a number of levels, should you be so uh, fiscally inclined as to um, sign up to be a Patreon. Um, so we have a £3 a month level, which is like a little coffee, maybe a Cortado, get one of them. Yeah, if you're lucky. Sure. Um and that will allow you to access the episodes a day ahead of time. Yep. Um, unless I'm in a hot tub and it's not ready. <laughs> unless I'm in the tub. Um, and it will also give you a little shout out and it will. we're going to set up some little monthly hangouts so we can actually talk to people. Yeah, so the idea is we we set the groundwork for growing this community now and then when we, we're like, hey, look, we've got ourselves a community, then... We have a place we, for them. We, we, we will do these things. Exactly. And then we have a £5 level, which is like probably like a big coffee, big iced coffee maybe. Yeah, yeah. With some syrups in it and that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which allows you to get those £3 benefits, but also a, a little secret podcast only for our patrons, mm-hmm. where we're kind of just going to um, shoot the shit for a little bit yeah. longer than normal. Um, and then our £10 level, which is like... A pint and maybe some crisps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pint and a pint and a pint and a few crumbs. Yes, 
painting crib. A paint in a shared bag of crisps <laughs> that you've all chipped in for. With exactly. Your pennies. That's right. Um, and and that allows you all those things I just mentioned, but also a very lovely um, one-of-a-kind hand-drawn thank you card and some very nice stickers. And maybe even some exclusive co- content like Kim talking in her sleep or oh yeah or me singing drunk in the shower after a night out. That's or, right. You know, yeah, you know, exactly. Um, so um, patreon.com forward slash how not podcast you'll find us there get on it what get else are you doing where, with your life exactly where are you um, if you want to follow Luca you can follow him at Luca Manning underscore yep uh, if you want to follow me you can follow me at chicken the pig still need to talk about that but that's cool £10 Patreon yep uh, got to pay all that shit I'm not yeah absolutely that way. Uh, if you want to follow this lovely studio with which we um, use the material yeah you can follow them at Beastly Studios um, that's run by Sam Dye and of course, if you want to follow us as a podcast, mm-hmm. How Not Pod. At the How Not Pod. We'll see you there. Yeah, um, yeah looking forward to next time, yeah. folks. And goodbye. Okay, bye. <laughs>